0: Let's bring in Dan Deming, we've got the Managing Director at K Camp Financial to help us break down some of the numbers here. We were just looking at the GDP, uh, Dan, I- I'd like to begin there uh, and then we could talk jobless claims. It came in a little bit below expectations, but a bit of a downtick prior levels. They were looking for a downward revision. It uh, came in a little bit uh, weaker than expected, 2.7 versus 2.9, your thoughts initially?
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how this plays out, Ben. The the number did come in. They expected it to tick lower from 3.2 to 2.9, and then it came in two-tenths below that at 2.7. So, uh, you know, probably more in line with what was expected going into that number. It did come in a little much higher than what was anticipated in that first uh, print. So, uh, not overly surprising. You know, I guess the uh, overall it looks like the numbers were pretty much in line mm-hmm. with lowered expectations. I think the one outlier that I caught right away, Ben, was core pce prices did not come down as much as what was anticipated although the PCE, the headline pce prices did and then uh, it looked like real consumer spending came in lower than what was expected. So a little bit of a uh, weakening in certain areas, maybe, but and not as much uh, deflationary pressures uh, that were as of initially uh, expected.
0: Dan, you're right. They were looking for the core PCs to come in uh, at 3.9. It came in at 4.3, but that is down from the prior level of 4.7. And then again, along those lines, the PC price, uh, uh, fourth quarter, came in at uh, uh, 3.7, down from 4.3. I don't have an estimate for that, one. Looks like real consumer spending at 1.4, down from 2.3, so slowing there as well. And then the Chicago Fed national activity at 0.23, a bit of an uptick from the revised Mm -hmm. down 0.46. Here you can see, again, the GDP numbers. And to Dan's point, we were expecting them to slow a little bit more so than anticipated, by about two-tenths, but not necessarily going to ruffle any feathers there. And Dan, it looks like the jobless claims, I mean, indices are coming off a little bit here, but I wouldn't say that they've ruffled any feathers necessarily They seem to just be more reflection of what we've been seeing in terms of strong conditions, labor conditions here in the U.S. Initial job was claimed, the weekly number at 192,000, just below 200,000 estimates.
1: Yeah, I mean, continuing to hold below 200,000 here for, you know, serv- a better part of the m- a month and a half now, probably closing out in two months, Ben. So, you know, that's uh, that's still sh- indicating a, a tight labor market, uh, you know. So, well, that's going to be uh, a challenge, I think, m- at least short term. It certainly has impacted uh, the market expectations, I think, when you look at the pricing structure, of the interest rates, the Fed message. I did find it interesting, though, Oliver yesterday had uh, the CEO of ZipRecruiter around, I think it was Ian. In, uh, Siegel as I believe is his name and um, you know he I thought he, his uh, his outlook was very interesting I mean he said that January has been unlike any January he've seen as far hmm. as n- not picking up and hiring so you know some of this stuff I think eventually is going to start to filter through I mean based on what I heard from him yesterday and some of the other storylines we're c- dealing with you would expect that these numbers are going to start to shift hmm. higher and we're going to see some weakening in the labor markets as we move through 2023 just hasn't happened yet.
0: No, it sure hasn't. You know, and there's a big question in in debate in terms of tight labor conditions. Is this a good thing, right, in terms of, uh, uh, well, a headwind for stocks if it fuels the fire as far as the Fed needing to uh, raise rates higher to combat wage inflation? But ultimately, uh, a good thing and good for stocks if it means that the economy is strong and it kind of buffers this, well, provides a softer landing.
1: Yeah, no, exactly, Ben. I mean, that's one of the two mandates by the Fed, and <laughs> we're certainly meeting that mandate. And they yeah. they enunciate that very, uh, you know, often when they make their their, their decisions. So, uh, yeah, you know, and, and there's different dynamics that go into those inputs, and it's you know the the participation rate being one of them, but. Overall, you know, it's not like we've seen a significant shift there that would cause, um, you know, these numbers to continue to remain as low as they are. So it is a little bit of a head scratcher. You know, but overall, like you said, in it, it typically this would be good news. But at this moment in time, you know, the Fed is trying to get things to slow down a little bit. And this uh, tight labor market is making it a more challenging environment.
0: You know, Dan, when we talk about slowing uh, economies, we oftentimes look to crude and some of the commodities to try and get an indication thereof. Crude's been in a bit of a range, 83 to 70, comfortable right now, hanging out at 74.91. But a couple recent builds are starting to raise some eyebrows, attract attention. I saw one yesterday from the API. We'll get a look at the EIA today, but I think a ninth week in a row, a consecutive week. I mean, one could oftentimes look to the demand side of things. But we had Carly Garner on joining us yesterday from DeCarly Trading, and she was talking more about the supply side of things and how we're seeing increased production maybe you can chalk up uh, those builds to that more so
1: yeah it is interesting but lower refinery rates as well so that's uh helping to build that supply i think to some degree kind of- um but yeah last week's numbers you know big, big builds, both API and uh, EIA. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how this plays out again today with the EIA data. But yeah, you're starting to see a trend there of increased supply uh, from a globe, not so much from a global perspective at this point, but certainly here in the US. And as you and I discussed last week, the one outlier will be the SPR uh, as, as they, uh, continue to uh, and look for opportunities to start to rebuild that so that could stop up some of the uh, demand that maybe the market's not realizing at this moment in time but uh, yeah it's a shifting dynamic and that's certainly pushing uh, crude down towards the lower end of its most recent range here between what's say 72 to 82 on the high side um, you know so this is a key level here Ben that we're kind of teetering on and holding at the moment but as you mentioned if we see any more any further weakness uh, as far as some of the data points and potential economic activity you know we could see a breach of that 72 level
0: yeah, one could argue uh, warmer than expected weather conditions here in the U.S. have uh, weighed on crude prices ultimately, or kept the lid on them. It seems like this winter, uh, a stronger dollar now as it recovers again around yes. the 104 uh, kind of weighing on price a bit, bring us back off that $80 level. But hey, speaking about prices coming off, I mean natural gas. I'm sure you've been watching that back uh-huh. below $2 this week, and kind of ties into what we were just talking about in terms of Carly and increased production, right? We were hearing from the EIA recently about. Rec- production anticipated this year and we're starting to see a reflection of that in terms of price
1: yeah, for sure, yeah. And and the market uh, getting a handle on uh, the disruption from last year, mm-hmm. and you know, certainly, and you pointed out right at the top right there with uh, the weather patterns, uh, you know, very mild winter mm-hmm. here, very mild winter in Europe, uh, alleviating some of those concerns. And now we're seeing, you know, LNG starting to ramp up. The exportation here in the U.S. continues to increase as we're seeing uh, more terminals coming online, uh, and, you know, the opportunity to be able to ship uh, LNG uh, overseas is, you know, the, the technology is increasing. You know, you're seeing the market kind of serving that need and that what was perceived demand. It's been building for several years. I mean, it takes years for these things to come online. So that's the other thing, Ben, is that it's a very slow process of, uh, you know, trying to uh, uh, generate a, the supply that might be necessary. Uh, and, and when you see the crunch that we did see in Europe last year, you know, there's legitimate concern, but now we're seeing that coming out of the market. And yeah, there's no question that natural gas now is, uh, is scraping along the low end of the range for the last couple of years.
0: We've been talking about how weakness in natural gas, that trend environment we've seen, at the downside has helped support the euro currency, the British pound, as those worst case scenarios didn't really come to fruition. And as I look at the market in reaction to this number here, Dan, the jobless the GDP, uh, the 10-year spike down to 110.25.5. I was commenting earlier, before the number, how I was looking at Treasury futures lower, but the indices were higher, maybe chalk it up to NVIDIA and some of the optimism uh, right. tied to that uh, better expected uh, guidance but you know gold still coming off right back down to 1826 it wasn't really buying into that upside momentum we were seeing in stocks and maybe we'll see stocks roll over here as uh, the dollar firms a bit here if it does continue if treasuries continue lower but gold coming off here uh, again a reflection of what we've seen in terms of rates higher and the dollar coming off recent lows as well
1: yeah, Ben, I think you're right. I mean, those are two major headwinds for gold, uh, at least from a short-term perspective. And uh, yeah, with the the increase in interest rates, uh, you know, certainly gold does not generate a yield, so uh, that's uh, that's a, a drag on gold. Uh, and silver for that matter, uh, to some degree, Uh, when you see these shifting dynamics, especially unexpected type of scenario that, I mean, I guess some people expected some didn't. Uh, The market was pricing in a high probability of a a cut, if not more than one cut this year. And now we're seeing that priced out. And, you know, so the higher for longer, keeping interest rates, pushing back up to multi-month highs, at least from a short-term perspective, is going to be a very challenging environment for gold
0: we'll keep an eye on it and the bulls continue to argue that it's fared pretty well considering uh what we've seen in terms of this higher rate environment just recently dipping down below its 50-day moving average interestingly enough i knows copper still holding above its 50-day moving average so Dan appreciate you joining us here helping us break down the numbers here this morning GDP jobless claims and uh getting into some of what we're seeing as far as commodities and the recent price activity there Dan Deming the managing director of K Camp Financial